Hey, thanks so much, Jake. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you here today. If I've not met you, as Jake said, my name is Matt Townsley. My family and I have been a part of Riverwood Church now for about four years. And as uh, a member of our elder board, every once in a while, Aaron calls up and says, Hey, can you step in and uh, share God's word with Riverwood family? And so that's why I'm here today. Hey, as Jake mentioned also, we're kicking off a summer series today on the Summer of Psalms. And a few of you are like, what? Matt, Matt, Matt didn't, didn't we do the Summer of Psalms once upon a time? Yeah, back in the uh, summer of 2020, we also uh, did the Summer of Psalms. And I'm told there's plenty and plenty uh, of Psalms. We could do the Summer of Psalms for a number of summers and still not exhaust all of the Psalms along the way. I absolutely love the Psalms because they were written for a variety of purposes. As readers of Psalms, they were written for us in the ups and downs of life the highs and the lows along the way. Perhaps this is why Psalms is the source of so many songs. I bet if you were to ask Jake, Jake, how many songs were actually written with the Psalms in mind? Jake would be like, well, this one, this one, this one, this one. Like, there's just a ton of hymns and songs that we sing in church because of their, uh, their authenticity and their ability to, to connect with us in the ups and downs of life. The book of Psalms was written by a collection of authors, David, Moses, Solomon, uh, to name a few. And because they're written by a variety of authors for a variety of purposes, it is very, very important for us to understand the context of each psalm. So today we're going to be digging into Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is a psalm of ascent, also known as a, a, a journey psalm, if you will. Why is it called a psalm of ascent? Well, the Israelites would have been traveling to Jerusalem several times per year for one of three major feasts. And as they were uh, road tripping, essentially, along the way, they didn't have cars back then, right? They couldn't crank up Spotify or Life 101.9 along the way. Instead, what they did is they recited and they sung the, these specific psalms. One important thing you also need to know about this journey is this journey was not an easy journey. There were a lot of threats along the way. There were caves, and in these caves were robbers that were just ready to prey upon people that were walking along the road. This journey itself was also a very hot journey. Think about the hottest day in an Iowa summer. That was what the entire trek was like for these Israelites. And so there are a lot of fears, there are a lot of unknowns for these Israelites as they journeyed to what they thought was going to be a very celebratory time at one of their three annual feasts. And so as, as, the, as, the, uh, as the readers, as the Israelites were to read this psalm, they had in mind both a, very, a lot of excitement for the feast ahead, but also a lot of fears in their mind because of the journey itself. And so I pose a question to you today. What is the greatest fear you are facing right now? What is the greatest fear that you are facing right now? Perhaps it's a financial fear, right? I mean, who, who can avoid the $4.64 at the pump right now, right? Like, it's just, it's right in front of us. Or maybe you walked into Quick Start to get your first smoothie for the summer, and you notice the prices have gone up 20% since last summer. Like, the financial concerns are real, Perhaps, though, as some of you got your report cards for your kids in the mail recently, and you wonder, how is my kid going to do next year in school? How are we going to transition from the school routine to the summer routine? Perhaps, as Jake prayed this morning, safety is on your mind. 
As someone who lives in the world of education, it's hard to avoid and to not think about the recent shooting at an elementary school in Texas. And hitting even closer to home is what Jake prayed this morning, the unfortunate shooting that took place not far away at a church in Ames, Iowa. These fears are real. These fears hit close to home. Whether a few fears come to mind right now, or whether you're thinking, my life is absolutely carefree, there's one, there, there's, there's, there's one certainty. Life is full of ups and downs. And today's psalm provides us with a simple, yet also complex answer to life's recurring question, where do I go for help? Please join me in opening up your Bible to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Maybe you're like me and brought your hard copy Bible with you today. Uh, you're also welcome to, to open up that Bible app on your smartphone as well. We're going to have the verses up on the screen uh, as well. And as you do that, um, I just want to spend a moment and pray. Have you thought recently how wonderful it is that we can gather in a building like this, in a building like this, and worship God freely, and to open up our Bibles and, dig as God, and to dig into God's Word without fear of repercussion. Let's pray. Lord, what a privilege it is. What a privilege it is to dig into your Word today. Lord, in the world we live in right now with financial fears, parenting fears, safety fears, Lord, I believe that you have written Psalm 121 today in the perfect time, in the perfect place for us to hear and receive it. Lord, I pray today that the words I speak would be words straight from you and they'd be received in a way that honors and glorifies you. Lord, we thank you today for the wonderful gift it is to worship you here today in this building. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's, let's dig in right now to Psalm 121. Again, the verses will be up on the screen. Here we go. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. I can't help but think of that famous Beatles song, Help, I Need Somebody, Help. And so our psalm today, again, is to help us answer life's recurring question, where do I go for help? I believe that today's passage provides us with three truths to consider. First, the Creator is our helper. Second, God is our protector. And third, God will keep you and me from evil. So let's dig into that first truth right now. This comes from verses 1 and 2. The Creator is our helper. Verse 1 specifically says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? As we think about these Israelites traveling to Jerusalem, 
these two verses have a dual meaning. First, it reminds the Israelites and it reminds us to look to the hills, but not really. You see, it, it reminds us to look beyond our current and immediate circumstances. Some of you know that my family absolutely loves to go hiking. We love to go hiking in the mountains whenever possible. Of course, there's not many mountains here in Iowa, so we find ourselves hiking in the hills of the state parks and county parks of Iowa instead. And one of the things I've found I'm hiking is too often I look right in front of me or just barely ahead of me as I'm walking along on the hike. But for any of you that have been in the mountains, you know that the best scenery is often not found right in front of you, but it's often found up and in the distance. The best views are found by looking up. As the psalmist poses this question in verse 1, where does my help come from? We're going to find out that the answer is not immediately in front of us. It's well beyond our current and immediate circumstances. The second, dual, the, the second part of this dual meaning is related to where the Israelites would often go as they looked into the hills. What would they often see when they looked at the hills? We know from the Old Testament that Israelites were frequently exposed to false gods. For example, if you were to open up 1 Kings, you might read about the false god Baal. Or you might remember that golden calf. And where did the, where did the pagans put those false gods? They often put those shrines to the false gods up in the hills, up in the mountains, so everyone would see them and want to worship those false gods. While we, may not, while we may not have literal shrines here in Waverly or in the Cedar Valley to false gods, I often wonder if the sources that we often seek have the potential to turn into false gods. Let me explain what I mean. When's the last time you were in Barnes & Noble? There's a huge self-help section. Or maybe you've been on Amazon.com lately. If you want a book to help you diet, it's there. If you want a book to help you become a great parent, it's there. If you want a, a great book to help your relationship with your spouse or your friends, it's there. If you want a three-step program for absolutely anything, the experts are willing to offer it to you and to me in the self-help section. Maybe you're not the reading type. Maybe you're more 2022-ish, and you go straight to the internet. Right? There's Facebook groups for moms. There's YouTube video fix-its for dads. There's podcasts for everybody. And if none of those work, we've got WebMD.com and we've got Google. There's all the answers there, right? And if none of those work, you can always ask Alexa. Here's the thing, though, right? Riverwood friends, don't get me wrong. These are all great sources of information. Fantastic source of information. Yet as my life has gone on, and perhaps yours as well, I find myself with all of these resources to draw upon, but if I take them too far, or if I hold them too tightly, or if I'm honest, if I go to these sources first, the psalmist reminds me and reminds you that our source of help is not immediately in front of us. We think that because we have all of these books, because we have the internet, because we have subscribed to this podcast, that we can somehow help ourselves. 
Yet today's psalm provides us with this simple yet complex answer to life's recurring question, where do I go for help? We begin to see that answer in verse 2. Verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Here it is, the psalmist finally answers his own question. Don't you love it when someone asks a question and then immediately right after it answers their own question? If we go back to the psalmist Hills reference in verse 1, we'll know one thing. God created the hills. If you go to the very first book of the Bible, the very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth which means that he also created the hills that he's referencing here in Psalm 121. It means that God created everything from the beginning of time. There was never a time, there was never a time in which God was not aware of what was going on because he created it all. The Israelites were not looking for their help from the hills, but this verse tells us that we should be looking for our help from the one who created the hills. Let me repeat this so it can sink in. Our helper is also the creator. And because he's our creator, this makes him the source of all help. Even when we think that we've got it figured out because we listened to the best podcast in the world or read the absolute best book in the world, we don't have it all figured out. And just when we have it all figured out, life often throws us a wrench and we realize that we don't have it all figured out. Let me share an illustration with you. A game that has been very popular recently in the Townsley household is the game of chess. Some of our boys are really into chess lately. Uh, Gary Kasparov is widely considered to be the best chess player in the world. The The best chess player in the entire world. Not just the United States, the entire world. So much that he beat tons and tons of human opponents back in the late 1980s. He beat them all. He beat so many people that he decided that the only way he could test his chess abilities was to start playing computers. And so in the late 1980s, he started beating all of the computers. To the point where he told IBM, the maker of these early chess awesome computers, he said, hey, IBM, you need to start teaching your computers to resign from the game of chess earlier. He was that confident. He was that cocky about his chess abilities. Then in 1996, a new computer came out. The computer's name was called Deep Blue. Headlines all across the world in major newspapers. Gary Kasparov is going to once again take on a computer. You know what the headline was the next day? Gary Kasparov gets dominated by a computer. Not just beat, absolutely shredded in 40 moves. At that point in time, Gary realized that he all of a sudden needed help with his chess game. From the guy who used to be on top of the world, thinking that he had it all figured out, now he's someone who realized, even I am not the best. Friends, We're all a little like Gary, aren't we? We might think that we have it all figured out, but life presents us with these moments in which the only thing we can honestly do is ask for help. 
Verse 2 in our passage today tells us that our helper is the creator of the earth. That means that God, the creator of the earth, he created you, he created me, he created the hills, he created the heaven and the earth, he created the people who wrote those self-help books, and despite Al Gore's claim, God created the internet. And if he created the heavens and the earth and these books and the internet, he is surely, surely cognizant of the fear that's on your mind and my mind right now. If this gives you a sense of relief and potentially even a sense of joy, hang on to your seat because there's more. As we consider life's recurring question, where do I go for help? Today's passage told us that the Creator is our helper, and next, we learn that God is our protector, from verses 3 through 6. Specifically in verses 3 and 4, the text refers to this God, our God, that does not sleep. So why is this important? It was kind of like an inside joke for the Israelites. Some of you might recall uh, Elijah in the Old Testament. As he was kind of talking to these pagans who were saying, oh, we've got these false gods, and Elijah's like, well, my God can do this. What's your God going to do? And he accused these false gods of sleeping. Now, many of us would say they were never awake to begin with, but there's kind of an inside joke. So when this psalmist refers to our God never sleeping, to the Israelites, they're like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. For us, what does this mean? It means that the God of Israel and the God of the Bible, our God, is a 24-7 God. He's on call 24-7. Here's a quick story to illustrate how important 24-7 access is. Uh, as a late teenager in my early 20s as well, one of my summer jobs was to work for uh, customer service for Amana and Maytag Appliances. So for 40 hours a week, I answered phone calls, and this is back before the internet was really a thing. And so we'd have people that were calling and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying this refrigerator. Can you tell me more about it? Or most importantly, oh my gosh, I'm not sure who the local repairman is in town. Can you give me their phone number? And in the summertime, because refrigerators are breaking down and air conditioners are breaking down, among everything else breaking down, the summer was the absolute busiest time for us in customer service. Many of the people that would call would only have a small window of time in which they could call, right? Like imagine your workday schedule. You might only be able to call during your morning break. Or you might only be able to call during your lunch hour. And so it's not uncommon for people to call and receive a busy signal or not be able to get through because it was that busy in our customer service department. One day I received a phone call from a man who definitely expressed his frustration. He claimed that he had not been able to get through for an entire week. And he says, you're only open 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time? What is up with that? And he didn't like the fact that his refrigerator had been broken down for a week and he didn't know who to call for help. Imagine if our protector's customer service was only available from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. Imagine if our protector was only available by phone and we frequently received a busy signal during our lunch hour. That would not be a protector that I would be very excited about. 
But check out verse 6. In verse 6, we are reminded that our protector is there for us by day and by night. You see, our God is not closed on holidays. We don't walk up to our God's business and see that silly sign that says, we are closing today because we're short-staffed. No, our God is open 24-7. Our protector does not sleep. And to make sure you're not asleep right now, repeat after me. Our protector does not sleep. All right, you're still awake. That's good. Now, there's something else in these verses I want to tease out. And it's really important to understand. Check out these next couple of verses here. The verses go like this. He will not, that is God, will not let your foot be moved. God, he, that, that, that's our God. He is your shade and the sun will not strike you. Now, from an outsider's perspective, you're like, does that mean that nothing bad is ever going to happen to me? I mean, if it's saying that the sun's not going to strike me, then why are bad things happening in my life? Why do bad things happen in my life? But what these verses really mean is that he will not allow anything to happen to you or to me that is not intended for his good. And there's often a difference between his good and what we think our good is. Up on the screen, you're going to see Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. In Isaiah 55, it's going to tell us that God's ways are often bigger than our ways. Let me read it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And if this verse from Isaiah 55 still hasn't convinced you, I want you to think of another Old Testament story. Some of you are familiar with the Old Testament story of Joseph. Think about Joseph for a second. What happened to Joseph? His brothers sold him into slavery. I don't know about you, but I, if I got sold to slavery, I'd be like, what the heck's going on around here? God, like, God, what is going on? Not only was Joseph sold into slavery, once he was sold into slavery, he was falsely accused of pursuing Potiphar's wife. And as a result of that, he was thrown into jail. Whoa, God, in the psalm it says, the sun will not strike you. I've been in slavery, Joseph's saying. I'm now in jail. What the heck is going on around here? But if you follow the Joseph story even further, you'll remember that eventually Joseph becomes the governor of Egypt. And in a very challenging time, in the midst of a famine, Joseph is able to help his family out. This family who abandoned him to begin with eventually finds out that their son, their brother, is able to help him out in a very, very, very challenging time. So what we learn from the story of Joseph is that God's plan for Joseph seemed pretty bleak in Joseph's eyes. But God used it for his glory. And that's exactly what God wants to do for you and for me, when our life seems bleak, when things just don't seem to make sense in our eyes, his ways are bigger 
than our ways. As we consider life's recurring question, where do I go for help, we have found that the Creator is our helper, we found that God is our protector, and now finally, God will keep you from evil. This comes from verse 7 and 8. God will keep you from evil. If you're taking a look at verses 7 through 8, what you'll find is that the text now transitions to a future tense, a future tense. Check it out in verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Check out verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You see, the Israelites along this journey were being reassured that God would protect them, protect them on the journey to Israel. But the psalm ends with assurance that not only would God protect them during the journey, but also in life. And that's the promise today for you and for me. In verse 7, we see that God will keep us from evil in every aspect of life. How and why can he do that? Because he is the creator of the universe. He is able to make and keep that promise for his glory. He wants to protect and keep you from evil, not just now, but in the future. As you consider life's recurring question, where do I go for help? I want to end today by suggesting that you might be in one of two situations today. As you think about your future, you might be thinking right now, ah, I'm kind of confused right now. So I want to talk a little bit about confusion. I also want to talk perhaps uh, to those of you that maybe just need a dose of confidence today. So confusion and confidence. First, let's talk about confusion. Perhaps when you walked in the doors this morning, and I pose that question to you. What is your greatest fear? You said, yeah, I've got fears in life. We all have fears in life. But as, I, as I've continued to pose this recurring question over and over in the message today, where do I go for help? Where do I go for help? Where do I go for help? You say, well, Matt, why wouldn't I go to books? Why wouldn't I go to podcasts? I think I have it all figured out. I want you to know, as our scripture shared with us today, that our help is not immediately in front of us. Our help is not within the hills. Our help comes from the creator of the hills, God himself. Your answer to life's recurring question, whether you've thought about this or not, has eternal ramifications. Not just a quick, I'm answering a question because Matt asked me to answer a question. But that, your answer, your response to that, the way you think about where you go for help has absolute eternal ramifications. If there's a single take-home point for you today, it's to understand that the same God who created the universe is a holy God. And that because he's a holy God, we can never, ever, live up to his expectations on our own. If we think that those things right in front of us are our help, at some point in time, God's going to say, uh-uh, you, you could never do it on your own. You see, our good deeds cannot even begin to stack up 
to God's perfect resume. Each and every one of us someday, someday, and by the way, today we're one day closer to that someday. Someday we'll be asked, who was your helper here on earth? The good news I want you to receive today is that same God, the one who created the universe, also sent his perfect, his one and only son to die on the cross for you and for me. And that son's name is Jesus. Here's what Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. Jesus told his disciples, that is his followers, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Friends, are you ready to receive that today? Are you ready to lose your life for his sake? To admit that those solutions, those helps that you think are immediately in front of you are not enough? Are you ready to put your full trust in Jesus as your 24-7 helper? Here at Riverwood, we often say that we exist to help people like you, people who are like, I don't know if I'm connected with God yet. That's why, that's why this church was started not that long ago, to help people like you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and take my first step in fully trusting him. There is nothing more than we would love here at Riverwood Church to introduce you to the eternal help, and his name is Jesus. Perhaps you're already a follower of Jesus, and as I, as I ask that question to you today, where do I go for help? You may have found yourself this week too often, or first, going to the book, or going to the podcast, or going to the Facebook moms group, or going to the YouTube fix-it dads videos. That was your first source of help. Your take-home point today and my take-home point today is this. God, the creator of the universe, has it all under control. Do you all remember when the coronavirus first hit? No, none of us knew anything about it. Where do I go for help? Should I do this? Should I see my friends? Should we get together for Christmas? Should we not get together for Christmas? Should we FaceTime with each other? Is it okay if we meet each other in a parking lot? I don't know. Help me out. Social media went absolutely bonkers with people going for help. How many of us said, oh God, I don't know. Help me. God does not ask us to figure it all out. He doesn't. He's asking us to trust him because he has it all figured out. And what he wants today for you and for me is to boldly place our confidence in his ability as our creator. 
In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 16, the author draws this point out for us. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. You see, that's what God wants. He wants us to find confidence in him, and he wants us to boldly approach him in our time of need. Will you take your temporarily misplaced confidence in the things of this world? And will you redirect that boldly into the hands of Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for a chance to open up Psalm 121. And to consider life's recurring question, where does my help come from? Lord, today we learned and we are affirmed that our help comes from you, the creator of the hills, the creator of the universe. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today who for the first time says, I've been confused. I thought my help came from within. Well, I pray that today would be their spiritual birthday. And that for the first time, they would surrender their life to you. And Lord, for those of us that have been trusting you for a while, I pray, Lord, as the ups and downs of life come our way in this next week, in the next months, that we would redirect our confidence from the things of this world straight to you. Lord, you created the universe. You know everything. Lord, may we boldly and unashamedly come to you first. Lord, we thank you for the chance today to learn about you and to draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray.